You're listening to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today's show is part of the monthly Food for Thought series. We unpack some of the big ideas about food to raise the conversation level and to stimulate lively discussions about the way forward together. We'll be discussing food insecurity and cost factors in the availability of enough affordable and nutritious food. Specifically, we'll address some of the economic pressures experienced by farmers and food suppliers in Canada, and for households, the importance of seeking value from every food dollar. It's my sincere pleasure to introduce Margaret Hudson, President and CEO of Burnbrae Farms. Welcome, Margaret. Thank you, Peggy, for having me on the show. So excited to uh, be part of your programming today. Wonderful. I'm just thrilled to have you here. Margaret, let's jump right into it. And can you please tell us a little bit about Burnbrae Farms? What do you do and what are your values? Yeah, well, Burnbury Farms, we're a sixth-generation Canadian family-owned and operated business that has been farming in Canada since 1891. This year is our 130th anniversary year, and we've been producing and grading eggs for more than 75 years. It was my great-grandparents who purchased the farm, and we were at first in the dairy business, and then when my dad was in his teens, he actually took an agricultural course and brought home 50 chickens as part of a project that he did for that course. You know, back in the day, when they still taught agriculture and and home economics in in high school and and in school. And today, you know, we're the largest integrated egg business in Canada, operating farms, grading stations, and processing facilities in five provinces. Still family owned. And, you know, a, a little known fact about our business that we are majority female owned, which is, you know, an unusual thing for a large, a large agricultural company. Today, we're still very much uh, a family business, lots of family members in the business and uh, lots of uh, dedicated colleagues who, who contribute to our business as well. Family values inform our business values, operating with integrity, respecting each other, always looking to innovate and try new things and investing heavily back into the business and into the communities that we serve. And uh, we make uh, healthy living and sustainability a priority. And we're always looking to provide, you know, the best possible conditions for the animals in our care, for, for the people that work for us, for the environment, for the communities we serve also invest heavily in research and we've worked closely with the University of Guelph and other uh, partners and do research and innovation to support a bunch of areas including poultry welfare. That's such a contribution Margaret. I, I really can attest to everything you said. It doesn't matter whether you call into the person that answers the phone to speaking with you today that really I still feel that family farm value. People are important and um, I love your eggs so I can't wait <laughs> to hear more about Burnbrae Farms and all that you have in terms of sharing a perspective that family farmers across our nations need to hear and feel supported in. So I want to know in the Canada-wide context in which Burnbrae Farms operates you see a range of pressures that farmers in the supply chain experience in order to keep the nation and families uh, provided with consistent and access affordable nutritious food. Can you tell us about some of the economic forces that food suppliers and farmers face? 
you know, normally it's about commodity prices, whether it's feed or fuel, uh, weather can play a big, uh, have a big influence on that, especially when it comes to, to feed prices. Um, and operating costs, uh, including, you know, not just fuel, but hydroelectricity, um, interest rates, other financial expenses, and capital, you know, I mean, poultry barns are expensive, so it requires a lot of money to invest in the capital. I think uh, in recent years, uh, you know, during COVID, obviously, there's been a lot of other factors at play in terms of our expenses, um, keeping our employees say, safe, PPE, um, but those are a lot of the a lot of the things that have um, impact us in general, and certainly for my industry, uh, there's been an increased interest from our customers to look at alternative housing systems like free run or free range, uh, cage free. Sometimes it's called, and this of course impacts our business significantly as those housing systems are quite expensive to build. And uh, for for an egg farmer, uh, it's very expensive, and it's a twenty to thirty year commitment. So once we make that investment, it's hard to go back. And, uh, you know, lately there's been a lot of noise in the marketplace about housing and, and conditions for a bunch of uh, different agricultural commodities and uh, a lot of discussions in this area around housing and, and uh we're just trying to do the right thing, make the changes that reflect uh, changing consumer sentiments if, and, uh, and ensure that, that we're, we're doing the right thing. And it's a tough decision for farmers to make. That also adds a lot of uncertainty for, for farmers and agricultural companies. It, it really does, Margaret, all of those um, environmental, sort of the political, economic, technological, other pressures in the marketplace. When we talk about food insecurity or, or how we achieve food security in Canada, whether that's through the national food policy that we are underway uh, exploring right now, or whether that is helping consumers understand why things cost what they do, that certainly we need to include the farmer in that dialogue and really understand all of the pressures, exactly like what you mentioned today. It's wonderful that Burnbray Farms and many farmers across the nation do respond to what consumers want to see, not just in the product, but the way in which um, they want the product produced. And you mentioned that um, there are sociopolitical shifts that place financial pressures on the food system. Can you give us some more examples of the consumer putting demands on the farm? Well, I've talked about our industry and housing, and, and if I'm thinking about other industries, it even impacts us to a certain extent. So, you know, that there's a lot of expense in product development and packaging and potentially, you know, fees to get your product listed at retail and uh, a lot of risk that uh, food companies take to respond to some of these demands. It could be, you know, or organic trends. Um, there's, and there's a lot of expense that goes into creating and launching a product. And there's really no guarantee that you're actually going to be successful. Lots of pressures on farmers and food suppliers for sure. And I, I can't help but think that, um, you know, food has now become almost an extension of identity, you know, whether we eat certain things or whether we want it prepared in a certain way, but people are very interested in food right now. And I think it's really important in Canada, we have about 38 million people. And so we hope everyone can get three meals a day. So 
So that means about 114 million meals every single day. And then the sun comes up and we've got to have another 114 million that, that we need a very diverse and robust and strong food supply. And I think that knowing about some of the things that you talked about, Margaret, from the farmer and the food supplier's perspective are critical to include in the dialogue. And I'd like to explore a little bit more technology. There's technology pressures, I'm sure, in terms of keeping up with innovations, but many other factors. Can you tell us a little bit about the technological pressures that farmers and food suppliers face? Well, certainly we are in the technology age and, and technology moves at lightning speed. So responding to some of the new technologies is always a, is always a challenge. Um, I would look at within equipment, you know, when we put in our, our solar farm in Woodstock, uh, researching more efficient fans and, and ventilation systems in order to minimize our energy use. So we're always looking across, you know, our different business lines, how can we minimize our energy footprint, um, whether it's by sourcing our own through solar, which we have done, or, you know, just more efficient lighting or, or you know, we've, we've, we've put in a, a system in our Strathroy facility where we're actually during the winter season capturing cold air to help uh, lower our refrigeration energy use, you know, so looking at uh, technological advancements that can help in that regard. And I know even crops you know just how they use technology to manage uh planting or harvesting running equipment on the fields um i i just know that technology has played an increasingly larger role in agriculture in general really we need technology in agriculture to continue to produce the food required when so few people are actually farming that's such an excellent point. As you were speaking, Margaret, so many excellent points that you made. I was thinking how uh, the danger of a single story, that we get into this a certain narrative about an aspect of farming or our food supply or food itself. And it's so important to continue to seek information, learn. So really not just with technology, but values and purpose, not falling into a single story and including the people who are going to provide those 114 million meals every single day in Canada that we do need. But for right now, now, I know that we all want to reduce food insecurity and understanding the economic pressures that farmers and food suppliers experience is a really important part of the dialogue today. We're closer together than we think, and I think the dialogue will help carry us forward. After the break, we're going to address food insecurity from a household level, focusing on the importance of getting value for every food dollar. Margaret Hudson, President and CEO of Burnbrae Farms, will share more of her insight and expertise. Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. We're speaking with Margaret Hudson, president and CEO of Burnbrae Farms, about household food insecurity and how to get value from every food dollar spent. Margaret, as an economist, I don't just look at the price of food. I'm really interested in worth and value. I want to know how much I get in the exchange. And it's particularly relevant when we talk about food insecurity because of poor dietary quality and low nutrient intake, which can be common in food insecure households or for food insecure individuals. And choosing the most nutrient dense food items is essential. And I've often thought that eggs set a standard and are a very um, tangible example of how to get value for the dollar. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you think eggs fit into this dialogue? Um, when you look at an egg, it's 70 calories. It's uh, six grams of protein. 
There's all kinds of essential nutrients, more than more than 14. You've got choline, folic acid, omega-3, lutein. Um, and all of that comes at, I, I did some calculations, five cents per gram of protein. You can buy a dozen eggs for $3.99 and uh, uh, six people can have a two egg serving, which is about uh, 12 grams of protein. And that works out to about five cents. And I did some rough calculations. Chicken is roughly around 15 cents. So triple and tofu around 12 and a half. So more than double in terms of average retails. And the amount of nutrition you get from an egg is, is just spectacular. So, and the fact that eggs contain so many essential nutrients and the fact that a lot of the vitamins and minerals actually get more, are more readily absorbed if they're actually already in a food and and many of them are fat soluble so your body will pick them up more readily than if you eat them through as a supplement just makes the bioavailability of not just the protein but all the other essential nutrients in fact i think there's every nutrient required for human health in an egg except vitamin c so they're they're just spectacular and then when you get into other parts of egg well they come in their own biosecurity shell they're convenient they're portable and they're very fast and easy to prepare. That is, I'm listening to you and it, you gave me more information than even I had, Margaret. And I'm just thinking that they're really nature's fast food. And they really are a standard in terms of value for all that you get for the dollar. And so we need to start to think about the, the not the price in food insecurity, but the value. Food insecurity uh, comes across the life cycle as concern from infancy through to a person's golden years. And how do eggs fit into food security for the entire family? First of all, we've been eating eggs, like all different cultures eat eggs and they've been eating them thousands of years. So there's a, it's a cross-cultural food and it gets prepared in so many different ways. But when it comes to life stage, um, it's one of the first foods you can eat as a baby, like at six months, uh, you can introduce eggs. And for a mother who is pregnant, right, uh, there are so many nutrients in there that are, that are required to help. Uh, build build a developing child like choline and folic acid and omega-3 important DHA EPA omega-3s that are found in fish and so those are important for uh, brain development especially brain eyes and nerves in a developing child but also important through all your life people tend not to eat enough of that fatty fish that's rich in those nutrients and then as you move through infancy and in adolescence and even to as you move into your golden years your adult years Finding a food that's easy to prepare, that is easy to chew and to digest, right? An older person needs protein to prevent sarcopenia, which is muscle loss. So that because your body doesn't actually store protein. So people, when they get older, they tend not to get enough protein or people maybe have a breakfast that doesn't include protein. And so they're only getting a big hit of protein at supper. So you need to get that protein spread out through the day all through your life. So you build the muscle in the early years and you prevent muscle loss as you grow older. Again, fantastic value. We can, we can sort of refer to this as a standard into other products that we're looking to buy, whether it's veggies or dairy or whatever. Do we get this similar um, uh, bang for our buck, I guess you would say. I think that it's important for listeners to hear that. And you're right about the omega-3 that we are concerned about sustainability and fishing and um, how much can we continue to draw on eggs to the rescue. We can get omega-3 in our diets from eggs as well. And, and you know, we haven't said it, but they're delicious and so versatile. And so that versatility means they are used in many different things. So when food budgets are tight, Margaret, just to sort of turn it back to another direction in, in that's happening today is that there is a sense that 
that in food insecure settings that households can't afford food produced within their values. So for example, local foods uh, or foods produced sustainably. Um, what's your response to this in the egg industry? Again, eggs are fantastic. I mean, Canada has a supply management and there are over a thousand egg farmers across the country producing eggs for Canadians. So all our eggs are local. So, you know, our eggs are sourced from over 400 local farmers from across the country. And when you buy Burnbrae Farms eggs, you're actually buying eggs from local Canadian egg farmers. A lesser known fact probably about eggs is it's one of the lowest carbon footprints of in terms of animal protein. Uh, when you actually rank eggs, they fit right in with nuts. They're considered low carbon. So if you're someone looking to eat more sustainably, you can get all the nutrition you need sourced locally, low cost with all kinds of protein value from an egg. The industry has been doing a lot to, to work towards uh, lowering, you know, the environmental impact of our product. But there's still all of these pressures to um, protect the Canadian grasslands, meaning not to expand agricultural land. So we've got to do more with less with our land. And the innovation that's happening in farming and across the food supply system with people like Burnbrae Farm, innovators in the research that you said you invested in at Guelph, but also just that seer commitment, that purpose to um, bring us this most nutritious food every single day. And I very much see that in every time I speak with you. And I encourage everyone to go to the Burnbrae uh, Farms website. There's you'll learn so much about not just egg production, life on the farm, nutrients, recipes, amazing things. I'd love to know if you have any final thoughts for our listeners that you'd like to share about food insecurity or cost pressures. I guess ultimately there are a lot of different groups putting a lot of pressure on the food supply, but I don't think that retailers or governments hear a lot from, you know, people who are concerned about the cost of food. And um, I, I think that if that is a concern of yours, I know people kind of, they, 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 they go to the shelf and they make choices every day, but certainly I know food companies are under pressure from other special interest groups. So if there's a way to, to hear from that voice uh, more often in a more organized fashion, I, I think having um, hearing that would be important to our retail partners and to other, other food companies, because a lot of the changes that are made to the food supply do do at cost you know whether it's you know alternative housing or gmo or uh, free or organic crops like these are uh, these are things that that can add cost to the price of food and so as the food system shifts um it is also causing the food cost to rise and i guess the the other point that you touched on earlier was about going out and and doing your research when you're making choices and, and getting choices from a wide variety of sources, right? Because there are different perspectives on the internet. And I think the more perspectives you have, the more um, educated your perspective can be when, when you're making choices about food for your family or you know, putting pressures, pressures on the food supply. I think it's really great what you're doing, Peggy. I, I think... Uh, you know, creating a show that helps to close some of these uh, information gaps, um, really important. And uh, we were very excited to support you in this endeavor and to be part of your show. And I just like to thank you a lot for having me and, uh, and also for what you're doing. Thank you very, very much, Margaret. We know there's many voices and sometimes we cannot see what our way forward together is. 
but I think the arts and humanities does unify us. You know, we, we are the human family and, and we do want the best for all of humanity. Sometimes we don't agree on the finer details, but, and I think to circle back to Burnbrae Farms uh, one more time and with one more note is, um, love the brand that you buy. So we've talked about eggs and that's fantastic and eat eggs and, and we've all agreed they're perfect, but really look into the values of the organizations whose eggs you're buying. And I couldn't be more supportive or provide a greater endorsement for Burnbrae Farms because it's it's the whole package it's the real deal and so i just wish we had more time to talk but we will be working on a uh, um an eggs for life series through the burn brace site so we can talk more about that and uh, maybe also keep listeners posted on how they can find out more from the burn brave farms family history which is wonderful and the family uh, commitment and values and also keep looking for burn brave farms eggs in your grocery store and i just want to thank you so sincerely margaret for being here today and for your conversation and you provided us with so much to think about at a systemic level regarding the economic pressures in the Canadian food production system which have a role in us understanding food insecurity and hopefully our conversation inspired listeners to think about ways they can support farmers. Thank you very much Margaret. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking with Margaret Hudson, President and CEO of Burnbrae Farms. Each week, we leave you with something to talk about and something to do. Something to talk about? How can you get more nutrients and value from your food dollar? Something to do? Visit www.burnbraefarms.com to learn about life on the farm, egg production, nutrition, and a lot more. Next week on Food for the Future, we'll continue the Waste Not series in which we discuss food waste and what households can do to help feed a hungry home, community, and human family. Thank you to our platinum-level sponsors, Burn Bray Farms, Eggs for Life, and the Middlesex London Food Policy Council. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday at 8.30 on 980 CFPL and 980 CFPL.ca.